What up, Zingadiz? Peace, this is Outlaw. And you're listening to the 80s Babies Podcast. And on today's episode, we've got to make it a classic. Yeah, yeah. One of our favorite artists to sure. talk about and For discuss sure. because he's... One I feel more. like every single time we do a, a, an episode about this gentleman, uh-huh. we always get like a thousand listens, right? <laughs> Eventually. He is the most popular rapper maybe of all time? Uh, probably. Like like living? Yeah. yeah. Probably. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so what we're going to do is we're going to do a make it a classic for Jay-Z's sophomore LP, In My Lifetime, Volume 1, released November 4th, 1997. And there's no anniversary. You know, we're not even releasing it on that date. We just decided to do this because this is an album that I've been wanting to make a classic for a while. I've been wanting to discuss it for a while because I think that... You know, it, I think that this is actually an album that, um, and I was, I was discussing this with a friend recently, a friend uh-huh. of the podcast, uh-huh. not Panama, but someone else, <laughs> who was saying that I think at the time it was probably maligned. At the mm-hmm. time, meaning in the within like the 10 years that it was released, right? it was probably maligned. But then throughout the course of history, mm-hmm. history has actually gone back to look at this album more favorably, which I do as well. I've always liked this album. Um, so that's yeah. why we are going to discuss it. I think I also look at it favorably. I don't think everybody does. And right. I think, and you know, sorry, I'm just going to say it. I think there's a lot of folks that their their hip hop opinions, they consider themselves hip hop heads and their hip hop opinions are kind of dictated off of what, what the popular the popular opinion is, right? And those individuals do not speak favorably about this album. Interesting. Like it's not. Okay. It's, this Whoa. isn't a popular album to like. Like when you say you like this album, you're, you're kind of you're on you're you're kind of on an island a little bit, and you have to defend why you like this album. I think that this album has always been much easier to defend than Volume Three, despite hmm. the fact that Volume Three also has hot tracks on it. Yeah. I think the easy one to defend is um which we might actually do an episode about this is rock la familia the dynasty record that's Mm. an easy one to defend because i think that when people look at that album and Uh we'll discuss this later when people look at that album they don't necessarily look at that as like a like a a a Uh jay-z effort where he's like really really trying to make like a product he's just like putting shit out there like yo this is hot the streets want this we'll give to the streets i feel Mm -hmm. like they always look at that album more favorably whereas this one they can and volume three, they can look at both of those with a critical eye or mm. critical ear rather. Yeah. But um this one to me, for a few tracks in particular, mm. I think it's just a there's some really, really good content here. It's flawed. Yeah. And we're gonna talk a little bit about Nas It Was Written because that's also a sophomore album. I think that yeah. was released the year before this. Mm-hmm. And I think that the comparisons between those two albums are smart. I yeah. think it's a it's a good idea to compare both of these for albums. Sure. So we're gonna talk about these records. I think and yeah, we're just gonna go ahead. I think this is his most underrated album, and I think that yeah, oh, yeah, it was written is Nas's most underrated album as well. Okay, and we did a make it a classic for that album. We did. I feel like every time we talk about Jay Z, but Nas in particular, uh-huh. if we talk about Nas, it's a it's a good episode. So <laughs> for our new listeners. Or for folks who skipped that episode, go back and listen to the Make It A Classic for It Was Written, where we spoke positively about the album, but Mm -hmm. we also said that it was a flawed project. It could be a classic. Yeah. You know, like, you know, um, I think Wu-Tang Forever is a classic. That's a Mm -hmm. sophomore LP. That's a classic. Mm -hmm. Life After Death, that is a classic. Yes. Unmitigated classic. Yep. Right? I don't think that It Was Written 
is an unmitigated classic. I mm-hmm. don't think this is either. Right. But I think they I think it could have been. So we're gonna we're gonna discuss that. I bet. So uh, let's just get right into it. Where were you both when this album came out and when you actually listened to this album and took it in? Where was I? Man, that's so funny. So 97, <laughs> I'm in Cali. <laughs> um, I'm still listening to everything that's on the radio. I'm just learning about, you know, Funkmaster Flex and, you know, who, who's putting out these vol- yeah, yeah. volume two, I think, came out this Funk year. Master Flex. Right. And he's, he's putting out these albums that have like 50 tracks on them and they, and they have all right, the rappers right, right. that I'm, I'm, I love. So, you know, I, yeah. I want to buy an album like that because I th- when I save up my seventeen dollars or whatever, I want to I want it to go <laughs> to go to something. And this is before we right. really I really at least personally got into the whole no limit thing where they're putting out fifty songs on an album. So oh, most geez. people are giving you yeah. fifteen songs, and 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 yeah, so you sounds know, about right. And so Jay is one of the people who is you know kind of in this body of New York rappers that come out. Um, mm-hmm. but but he's not he's not clearly on my radar yet, right? Uh, because I'm okay. I'm a mainstream uh, listener. I, I remember Sunshine and I remember the video. And the main thing I remember about the video, this is hilarious because it's like, you know, I don't know, horny teenager kid, right? <laughs> I remember that the video had like an uncut version and it was like- Oh, did it? The, 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 like, the nipples were like grayed out and like hey, they had like women yo. in these like risque outfits. And I, I remember hey, that because, yo. you know, come on, the, in the video, come on. And it would be like all grayed out. <laughs> so, uh, but I remember that. And I remember being a, a fan of Foxy. Um, yeah. So it's Foxy and Jay. I wasn't a fan of Jay yet. Um, I think his I wasn't either. his persona was too understated and and too maybe soft spoken for me. Who you know I loved Big, and I loved what Bad Boy was doing, and they were super flashy and over the top. Um, and the one story I remember about my Where Were You when when this first came out is my aunt who uh, who taught me how to DJ. Right. Um, she wor- she worked with people from the radio and the whole nine. And she had she had mad connects. And so, you know, whenever my dad would have people over or she would she would have family over, she would always, you know, because she knew I was into music. She'd always tell me, <clears throat> oh, yeah, I got the I got the radio promo for this. I got the this, mm-hmm. you know, and and she would always like floss to me. And I would I was super envious. Right. Because I was just a kid who loved all this music. And I remember she came over to my house and she said, um, She's like, I got an advanced copy of that new Jay-Z, right? Jay-Z volume one. And I remember turning to her and going, nobody likes Jay-Z. Yeah, great. I I literally said, nobody likes Jay-Z. Like, nobody cares. (laughs) And she's like, oh, all right. Um, And I I also remember (laughs) that later, either later that year or early the next year, she got Big Pun. An, an advanced copy yeah, of Big yeah, Pun, yeah, yeah, and yeah, I was excited about that. So yeah, yeah, no, you know, sure, I would have sure. been excited, but Jay was just not—he was not, you know, big enough that it mattered. Um, yeah. You know, fast forward a year later, Volume Two comes out. Jay Z mm-hmm. becomes the biggest thing in the fucking world. Right. Um, you know, and and I become this big Jay Z fan, and I go back and listen to all of Jay Z's music. Got and you. Volume One is the first one that I grab and pick up, and I become this big fan of this album. So where were you? Okay. So in 1997, when this is released, um, this is my, this is before I, I really knew much about hip hop. I think right around this time I started to get into Wu-Tang Clan. Okay. Um, and this is their projects from like 93, 94. So specifically okay. we're talking about, you know, Wu-Tang Clan, Enter the 36 Chambers, Met and the Met the Man's to Cow. Right. Right. Um, but before that, right, things that I was really listening to were artists with 
big personalities right, that were right. on the radio. Exactly. Now, Jay-Z has a big personality, mm-hmm. but I am a middle schooler who doesn't understand like that Mac shit. Yeah, there's no flossing. way. Because you also had yeah, Missy and Busta and these exactly. are like big person. Exactly. Right. Right. So the music that I'm listening to, Busta Rhymes. Right, right. right. Bone Thugs and Harmony. <laughs> um, even like Tupac, who like yeah. obviously has a, a much has a personality that is much easier to, di- to digest, right. you know, from a middle school perspective right. than someone like Jay-Z. Um, and like Fuji's, right? Fuji's had right, all the personality. Right, right, right. Not like Busta Rhymes, but like their music has so much personality right. to it, right? So like those are the things. And like something like Will Smith, mm-hmm. right? Now, of course, like, you know, Will Smith, I know him from Fresh Prince. Right. You know what I mean? Like his music, oh, here comes the men in black getting jiggy with it. <laughs> Miami, like... I understand all this shit, right? Yeah, yeah. And and you, there's dancing in the video, right? Right. You know what I mean? Like, I get that. I, like, I understand, it, right? So Jay Z's personality, I didn't really get, and he was just that cocky nigga. Yeah. That's that's what he was. Yeah. It was like, all right, cool. Um, I knew songs like I knew songs like Ain't No Nigga. Mm-hmm. I knew songs like Who You With. Right. Right. That's what I knew. I didn't really know much else. I didn't know what Pimpin was like. I didn't know what Mackin was like. I didn't know why mm. those things were important. Right. I'm not saying whether they're, they're good or they're bad. Right, right. But they were important, and I didn't recognize that they were important. So right. that was my understanding of Jay-Z mm-hmm. in 1997. So when that when this shit came out, I wasn't listening to this at all. Right. Now, I think when I did start to listen to this would have been... Maybe a few years later, so probably my sophomore year. No, not my sophomore year. My junior, senior year. So Mm. as has been said on this podcast, you know, when I started to really understand hip hop, I went back to listen to all the old legends. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, you know, that's KRS-One. That's um, uh, G-Rap. Rakim. Mm -hmm. Cool G-Rap. Big Daddy Kane. A little bit of LL Cool J. Not too much. Some EPMD. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Tribe Called Quest. And then, like, you know, Notorious B.I.G. is in there. And then Nas is in there. Jay-Z got, like, the tail end of that. Oh, wow. And the thing is, by the time I'm listening to this, it's like people are already talking about, like, Jay-Z is, is better than Big. Or he's this on is, that level. Is this 98, this 99? Is, like, what time this, frame? No, this is, like, two, 99, 2000, okay. 2001. Like, in that time frame when okay. I'm actually starting to, like, really listen to all this, right? Uh-huh. And at my point, in my frame of mind, I'm like, look, by this point, I have already when I'm when I'm listening to Jay Z Volume One and Reasonable Doubt and Volume Two, right? Mm-hmm. At at this point, I've already decided that like Biggie is just the greatest ever. So now <laughs> it's like a Biggie versus Jay Z thing. So when I really, really had to sit down with this album is my first year in college, and okay. that's 2001. Oh wow! And my roommate Joe, mm-hmm. who I'm going to make this episode required listening. <laughs> Shout out the to two Joe. albums, the two albums that we listened to the most, I think, as a collective between he and I that first year, uh-huh. were Jay Z's Blueprint, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, because that was released, you know, September 11th, right. uh, 2000, 2001, and Jay Z Volume One. Okay. And I swear, by the end of my first year, like, like I, this this album has a a soft spot in my heart because <laughs> of that listening experience, because of just how much I had to listen to this album. Um, and, and, you know, mm-hmm. and I get it, it's flawed, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I spoke to individuals who are from New York, from okay. Brooklyn, big Jay-Z fans, right. and this is not their album. And yeah. I'm like, 
yo, go back and listen to it again. Like, yeah. it's got some dope shit on Hell here for yeah. real. Hell yeah. I so, think, yo, shout out to Joe, yeah. first of all, for, you oh, know, for even sure. recognizing that. But uh, yeah, man, like I, like I told you, like I, I've stood on a lot of hills by myself defending this album and telling people yeah. that there's great shit here and mm-hmm. that, you know, there are different eras of Jay-Z. Right. Um, in my mind, there are two eras where Jay-Z... I would put I would put him as a rapper, just ability to rap up yeah. against almost anybody. Oh yeah. This is one of them. Oh yeah. The second is the S. Doc Carter mixtape series time yeah. frame. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The, those the, two Jay Zs yeah, yeah, for sure, for can sure. rap better than any other Jay Z that there is. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> no doubt. So anyway. So yeah. So that's where that's where I was. And and I agree. Like this time, this time frame. He's rapping his ass off. Yeah. He's still got like the hunger from Reasonable Doubt, yes. but he's more refined yes. on this. Even though Reasonable Doubt is a better album, uh-huh. right? There are some things that he does with his cadences um, that I think, who's the guy from like, is it Hip Hop Docs? You posted a video of him doing a breakdown of Reasonable Doubt versus Blueprint. Why mm. Reasonable Doubt will never be as good because oh, of the- Merz, thank okay. you, yeah. thank you. Fucking Merz, yes, Merz. Mm-hmm. Um, there are there are still too many times where he's rapping on reasonable doubt the the diggity this the diggity mm-hmm. that and it's it's kind of whack yeah you know what I mean but he doesn't he's much more refined on this album yes. I don't think it's his best but like I think his best is like you said is the S Doc Carter but he's still mm-hmm. still in his bag here hell yeah um, so yeah so critical reception I mean we've already kind of hinted at it but yeah. uh, what was your take I guess. You know, amongst your peers, um, and what's yeah. your understanding from the critical reception of uh, of the masses? So, like I said, peers did not care about this. <clears throat> um, peers actually, Foxy was really becoming a star around this time frame. <laughs> yeah, and so my peers actually cared more about Foxy and the fact that she was featured on this album probably yeah. than they cared about the album itself. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I'm, when I look at the critical reception, I, it doesn't seem like the critics were too impressed by this album as well mm-hmm. so i don't know what, what what was your idea of it i think that yeah i don't think they're too impressed um i mean i you know have all music giving it a four and a half you have the source oh. giving it a four which i think is safe about right yeah 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 i think i think that's about right but then you yeah. have some folks like pitchfork gives it 8.4 entertainment weekly gives it a b plus now some of these publications i'm not sure if they were even around in the 90s so if they're listening to this retrospectively that's a little skewed we can't put too mm, much that's true too much weight on that that's true but i think that like this was like fine i think that mm. this made him a staple in terms of someone that was acceptable for the radio yeah and someone they're like oh yeah jay-z like if you're listening to jay-z it's like oh yeah like he's you know he'll have a career yeah you know i think that's kind of my uh perception of course mm-hmm. you know i think that we should give a caveat to the to our listeners that neither yinka and i are from new york and i think that's that true. when you're talking about new york hip-hop especially yeah. the icon the legend that is jay-z mm-hmm. in this time frame mm-hmm. look i don't always care about what New Yorkers have to say about whatever they have to say, <laughs> I will listen and defer to their opinions on Jay-Z in this mm, time frame. I will. Yeah. So if there are any of our listeners who are from New York who grew up in this era, like understand that just like, and, I, and I, I'm and i going to speak for Yika as well. Like uh-huh. our opinions don't mean as much as, as yours do. Yeah. Fine, I get it. Because we're not in the classrooms having these discussions like a person from New York the way y'all are. Right. We're listening to whatever the fuck 
DC radio or Chicago or LA. I think it's LA radio. Yeah, I was LA at the, at the time. time. Yeah, yeah. So it's a different perspective, but yeah. um, I think that's just important. To, yeah, that's uh, that's very important, and it's 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 interesting and cool, you know, that you that you say that because I think that that folks that were from New York definitely would have a different a different opinion. Even like I was saying, right? Like my perspective on on all of this stuff was I was listening to these like Funkmaster flex tapes. And I would see Jay-Z's name on these things over and over again. So even though I didn't care about Jay-Z, someone obviously right. did enough that his name was included in, on all these lists and, you know, he was out there. Um, I think another thing to, you know, to mention, to contextualize things uh, is that Biggie passed away in March of this year. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, the half of this album is produced by Puff and the Hitmen. Yeah. Um, you know, it's very clear that there was a void that was left when when Pac and Big passed away. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, records like The City Is Mine, yeah. uh, you know, are, are, are nods to the fact that there was a bit of a, a power struggle as to, you know, what the next era of hip hop was going to be. And this album was released squarely in that void of us figuring out what was going to be next in hip hop. Yeah. No, for sure. And yeah. to be honest, when we get into the highlights, lowlights, how we, how would we make this a classic? Mm. I think the fact that Puff Puff's involvement on this actually, I think, hurts the record yeah, a little bit. Um, one more thing I want to say about the critical reception. Uh, whenever we talk about New York hip hop, uh, whenever we go through the the wiki, we always got to give a shout out to our man, <laughs> Robert Criscow, who gives this album a, a two-star two honorable mention and a 2000 Consumer Guidebook. And he says some things that don't really matter. <laughs> They're just whatever. But um, either way, I think the one thing he, he does mention is that uh, Jay-Z is very arrogant yet diffident. Um, ruthless yet cute, which I actually think is, is rather, <laughs> I think that's rather accurate. Actually. That is actually pretty, a pretty accurate description yeah. of Jay-Z. But I think the two stars is Pause. a little, <laughs> I think the two stars is just a little, um, yeah. I feel like Robert Criscow is wrong nine times out of 10, and this is just another yeah. time when he's wrong, but that's fine. Yeah, yeah. So let's get into ooh, highlights and lowlights. Hey. Okay. I'll, let's, I'll, let's get into, uh, go what, what would you prefer? Let's do highlights. All right, let's do highlights. You want to start? Yeah. Um, All right, go ahead. So general highlights, just Jay-Z as a rapper um, yeah, is a general a highlight. Um, and just just his rapping. Not necessarily yeah. his personality, his persona, his inflection, all that. I'm not talking about any of that stuff because at the time, right, we, we've got Missy out. We've got Busta out. We've got people who their voice captures and captivates you and you yeah. know they're on the song. Mm -hmm. And and Jay does not do that. He does not capture right. you with his voice on, on this album, but he raps fucking well. So um, He does. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'll, give, uh, I'll give that. Um, I, I want to say Ski, um, okay. because Ski only has two beats on here and they're both fucking incredible. Um, Primo, cause he only has two beats on here and they're both good. Yeah, true. Um, and I guess that's it in terms of overall highlights for me. So I think in have? terms of the overall highlights, I had to co-sign... All the, all the things that you said, I mean, mm. Ski's Streets is Watching is such an iconic song. We're going to talk yeah. about that because that's, I'm just going to assume that's a highlight for you. It's definitely oh, a highlight come for on. me. That's Hell all. yeah. <laughs> um, Primo is a highlight mm -hmm. um, and he's a low light in the sense that I think he should be on here at least one more time. Yes. But yes. We'll, we'll get to that. I said the same. And I think that the other thing in terms of highlights mm. is that 
I think that there is a song or two mm-hmm. where you really, really get Jay Z's personality, mm-hmm. like his actual, like he's really, really vulnerable on these records. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, I think that we get Jay Z on Reasonable Doubt, mm-hmm. but he's not really vulnerable. Yeah, on Reasonable Doubt, he's got a record on here, and we're going to talk about it. Obviously, mm-hmm. I mean, this is the you know everyone the one, knows the one everyone talks about. about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think it's his most. I think it's Jay-Z at his most vulnerable yeah. probably ever until honestly, <laughs> maybe 444. I mean, he's got yeah. a few records on Blueprint. Yeah. Um, he's got a few records on Black Album, maybe. 444, he gets real vulnerable, but like really, right. I mean, you know, fuck it. This one track, you uh, you must love me. I mean, yeah. I it's it's incredible. And I think mm-hmm. that, you know, that to me, that that song alone, which we're gonna get into, we might as well get into it now, mm-hmm. just in terms of track for track highlights. But that song alone, I mean, makes yeah. makes this album worth listening to. So getting into the, I guess, the track for track highlights, mm-hmm. I mean, you're you're gonna talk about um, you know, the intro of Million One Questions. Mm-hmm. This is produced by Primo. Right. Go ahead, get into it, man. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a primo beat. Um, and the beat changes in the middle of the record. Yeah. Uh and you have pain in the ass, you know, uh, at the beginning yes, of it. Like, yes. like, okay, what, <laughs> I reloaded. What, what more could you ask for, man? Like it's like it's like this is the song that makes it a Jay Z album, right? Like it yeah. just. Um, so I, I I don't I don't know. He he raps well. DJ Premier drops a couple dope beats, and you have yeah. pain in the ass on it. I don't know what else to say. I, I think one of the other things I love about this song mm-hmm. is the. Uh, you know, this is one thing that we don't necessarily understand. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I specifically, because people in from my area, DMV, don't at this time don't care about Jay Z. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that if you are from New York, I am going to assume that you cared about Jay Z. So the things that he's talking about, like mm-hmm. the questions that he's being asked, you know, shit like Wendy Williams harassing me, mm-hmm. get upset mm-hmm. when I catch feelings, right? Like. Right. like that is something that I think that they can probably relate to. I'm, I'm assuming that they can. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that's just another uh, something that I appreciate now yeah. as, a, as, an, as an adult. Something yeah. that, you know, at the time, it probably didn't really resonate with me. But now when you see just how big Jay-Z is, when yeah. you see like the gravitas and everything, it's like, oh, no, like this was like, you know, we didn't see it. The rest of the world didn't see it. But New York saw it. Brooklyn saw it. Yeah. So. One of the other things I want to add on that record that I thought was really dope is um, on the second half of it, Rhyme No More, uh, Jay's cadence is actually really dope. Uh, Motherfuckers can't rhyme no more about crime no more till I'm no more because I'm sober. That's just dope. Like that. That's a pretty innovative cadence. So I just want to put that out there. Go ahead. So uh, yeah, the highlights. Uh, Other highlights. Man, I got to skip hard. (laughs) Imaginary player. Okay. Yeah, no that that's that makes sense. That's my next highlight as well. This is one of my favorite J songs actually. Mm-hmm. Um I mean and you know, you talk about how I, I think honestly out of all of his albums until maybe 444, we get the most of Jay-Z's actual personality. And yeah. I think this song is like just uh, like really like Jay-Z's personality in terms of like and and I think this is part of what makes him so successful, right? Like He's kind of like a, like a sarcastic dick, right? <laughs> like, and, and just like, just yeah, like yeah, the yeah, shit yeah, about yeah. like, you pull up next to me, and, you know, what's your bitch? What's the difference between a 4.0 and a 4.6? Like that whole- About 34 little, grand, nigga, beat it. <laughs> right? That whole little like, like 
the montage is just, I love it. It's hilarious. It tells me about his personality. It tells me about where he was and where he yeah. saw himself at the time. Because, you know, I think something else to really speak on that I don't think gets talked about enough is that like Jay-Z as a, as, as a, a person, as a human, right? was living a lifestyle that was way beyond what most of the other rappers were actually living, whether they were successful or unsuccessful. There yeah. still wasn't that much money in rap. So even the successful rappers weren't making that much money. Um, right. And most of the cats that were rapping about drug drug dealing were like big, right? They were, right. they might've been stick up kids. They might've been, you know, hustling on their Quarter corner. Yeah, 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 but yeah, like yeah. they weren't, you know, a riding on on speedboats and you know or, or yachts yeah. and you know he's not a business man he's a business <laughs> so like you know i think he was giving us like and and this is stuff that you know again my however old i was 11 12 year old self when yeah. i'm hearing it and he's telling me about the different ranges I don't give a fuck because I don't even have <laughs> don't, a driver's yeah. license, right? So like, right. so I don't get that. But now I'm listening back to it as a grown man, and I'm like, "Yo, you, you, you little motherfucker!" Like, <laughs> like he's getting at cats on this joint, and I and I love it. I love everything that he's saying. I like the beat. Um, I like the tone. The the sample is crazy. Uh, so yeah, yeah I love Imaginary Player. I think this is a. Um, a perfect song not in the way mm -hmm. that shook ones is a perfect song mm -hmm. but i think that these are the types of songs that make albums great and mm. look anyone who's a fan of jay-z who doesn't like this album this is not a song that they dislike mm -hmm. right but at the same time too you know this is one of the songs that makes this album so good because it's not like a it's not one of the notable tracks mm -hmm. right like i think that like you know it wasn't a single it didn't get video or radio play right and it didn't have a primo beat on it right <laughs> but like nevertheless like this is one of the songs that just like it's just is really good right. beat is great yeah flow lyrics everything like yo you you get some of jay-z's personality on there as yeah. well and like yeah like i think that for where jay-z is in his life he's probably what 27 28 right like 28 probably yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think that this is like, this is kind of the Jay Z that I want to hear. You mm -hmm. know, that 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 cocky, arrogant Jay Z. Right. So it's like, yo, it works. It yeah. works. Yep. Yeah. So so uh, next uh, next highlight. Next highlight is oh, streets is watching. This is the yeah, highlight of highlights you, for me. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. First of all, Go for first it. of all, you've got the iconic sample from yeah. Labby Sifre. I can never fucking say his name. Yeah. It's the same sample for the uh, Eminem. My name is. Right. If I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yeah. But um, yo, that op those opening bars, right? Mm -hmm. um, if I shoot you, I'm brainless. But if you shoot me, you famous. famous. What's a nigga to do? Like that's that's it. <laughs> that's the dilemma. Like that's yeah. it. There's, there's nothing else you ever need to know about about anything in life. Like that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 obviously speaking very hyperbolically, but I'm saying, yeah. but it's such a dope opening bar. Yes. And like, yo, there's this, yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, this beat is amazing. Even just the yes. sample by itself is amazing. Um, yeah. You know, just the 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 tension that the mm. string that the string buildup gives you in this yeah, sample, absolutely, is just like you're just you just I don't know. It's like they talk about like psychol in psychology, you have like these brain loops where there's certain things that like tease your brain 
to where your your brain doesn't want to leave until until it completes the loop, right? I understand what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah I've read about that. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I feel like this beat and it is just like I just I want to know what he's saying. I want to know what he's gonna do. Like like. It, it creates a certain level of tension to where whatever he's saying, I want to know what it is. And he delivers. Look, here's the thing. This is one of these beats, almost like Nautilus. Now, mm. I think that Nautilus has way more songs yeah. than, than, than this anyone. One yes, yes. <laughs> but nevertheless, like the reason why I can compare it to Nautilus is because Nautilus is one of those tracks that like, you know, the reason why it has so many songs as a result of it is because it's got so many different sections right. that you can pick apart. Right. This song has that as well. Yes. Um, and I think that every single producer at some point, <laughs> every single producer from this era and people who try to mimic this era, so I'm mm -hmm. going to put myself and Yinka in this as well, right. have tried to do something yep. with this beat, even if they're just fucking around with it. Absolutely. Right? Like, I've, I've got like two or three <laughs> tracks somewhere on some disc Absolutely. in my acid 4.0 where i'm just fucking around with the song right yep. like, the thing that makes this one so dope is it like they like I, I say all that to to emphasize the fact that there's a lot of different there's a this song the original song the original sample has a lot of moving parts mm -hmm. and there's a lot of different pieces that you could have taken to create your beat but right. like what you talked about they take ski takes the perfect yes. parts of the sample yeah. to make it into a song that it's just like yeah. like there's nothing else really fuck with it like you know yeah. my name is that's cool but that's like a really simple mm -hmm. i think there's only like two loops that they take from that but mm -hmm. like this has a lot more moving pieces in it yeah and it's just like the way this is sampled and arranged it's yeah. just like yeah. Yeah. And, yeah 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 and you know i don't remember who said this I want to attribute it to Siandris or her boy True, or or maybe even Rodney. It Shout was, out to Siandris. She, yeah. she probably sampled this joint too. She knows I know she did. About. I know she did. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Season. But yeah, somebody in that crew. I remember having a conversation with them um, because Siandris actually later would get cool with Ski. Um, oh and, really? And, yeah. Oh, cool. And you know he he was kind of around. I think she might have even done a record with him. But um, hey, hey, you, all right. you know she, you know, or they were saying the the thing, the beautiful thing about Ski in terms of his production is that like he stays out of the way of the sample. Like yeah. he, like yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. kind of is like the way he produces is almost like a minimalist way of like taking the best part of the sample and then creating drums that just sit at the right pocket so that it stays out of the way so you can really enjoy what you love about the sample. And I think this beat is a perfect example of that. I think the most perfect example of it that I've ever heard is um, Lucini, right? To me, Lucini okay. is like the perfect beat where the sample does all the work, right? And it's just like, yeah. there are drums there, but you wouldn't even know because the sample is so crazy. He picks the perfect spot uh, on the sample and his drums just complement it like exactly where it needs to 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 accent it and that's it what i will say about um this song versus lucini mm -hmm. is that lucini excels because of the beat um but also because of the hook mm -hmm. yeah. right this song it excels not just because of the beat but also like it this beat it's structured in a way that it really allows you to, to appreciate both the music of the song mm -hmm. and Jay-Z. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, I think that there's some songs, and this is not the only one that balances as well, but there's some songs that, like, they emphasize the lyrics or other songs that they emphasize the hook and the beat. Mm -hmm. This one, I think, does both well. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I just think that, like, for, for as 
as many positives as we can say about Ski and this beat, mm -hmm. you can say just say just as much positives about yeah. Jay Z. And yeah. the fact that the beat doesn't get in the way of of his vocal yep. performance, yep. it's just like it's just a man. This song is yeah, yeah. <laughs> this song yeah. is dope as shit. Facts. So I mean, go so, ahead. Next highlight for both of us, you know, another premiere track, right? Friend of foe, biatch. Do you prefer this one or the one on Reasonable Doubt? The one on Reasonable Doubt. So I think that in terms of, I think in terms of story, I think in terms of okay. mood and tone, uh -huh. I would agree with Reasonable Doubt. But yeah. I just, I just really like this beat. I like the yeah. pace of it. Um, I think. So I, I think. I think in terms of listening to two, mm -hmm. I still prefer this one, but I, I get that the one of Reasonable Doubt is probably better. The one thing I will say for this is to me, it is a top three Jay-Z story. Uh, you and I have beat up on Jay-Z about his storytelling and yes, we, can, we probably will talk a little bit more about that later in, the, in this episode. But yeah. um, but the, the storytelling on Friend or Foe, it was, was on point. I thought it was really good. I mean, it's based off a true story, right? Is it? My understanding is that friend or foe in particular, mm -hmm. and even this one are actually based on true stories. Now, okay. again, I am hearing this hearsay, so I haven't right. read any articles. Right. I'm listening to my friends from New York, <laughs> right, who told me that like yes, that like Jay Z still had a spot uh -huh. when he did Reasonable Doubt, and that after Reasonable Doubt, he had to go back and put the guy in his place because he didn't, he wasn't listening to the first time. Right. And so that both of these records this are time you're gonna listen to Jay based now. off of exactly, exactly. <laughs> Whether or not that's true. I don't know. I don't fucking care either. Yeah. It probably is not true, to be honest. It's, but fuck it's, it, it sounds nice. It's it so nice. funny and interesting because that and that and that's actually a good a good you know part for us to talk about, right? Like we're right. both men in our thirties, and like right. I really don't care that much about this street shit. At least at this point right. in my life, like maybe when I was like fifteen, I, you know, I'd be like, oh, he had a spot and he had the oh wow, you know. But now I'm like, okay, maybe it's true, maybe it's not true. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but yeah, friend of phone ninety eight definitely a highlight. Yeah. Uh, what you got next? Next is Lucky Me. Uh, okay. This is a highlight for me. Um, this is one that I feel like doesn't get mentioned. Um, I think yeah. it might be the most underrated record on this album. I I agree with you. Just because we're gonna get into one of the lowlights. Um, just we'll talk about. It. I think one of the lowlights for me is sequencing. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about that more in depth. But I think right. that. This song suffers from mm. sequencing because it's yeah. a song that whenever it comes on, I'm like, I kind of feel the urge to skip it. Mm. And then I listen to it. And I'm like, oh, wait, no, yeah. the song is dope. That, yeah. like, that's how I feel about this track. Yeah, I feel you. I, I really like this song. Um, I really like what he's talking about. Um, and I think, you know, we we talk a lot about you and I kind of talk a lot about, um, you know, making great albums or great music and how like. You know, every rapper is is super invulnerable and a superhero. But then, right. like, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, you kind of want to give us the flip side of like, well, you know, everything has a positive and a negative to it. So, like, what's the mm -hmm. negative to it? So a good example is Clips, right? Clips will make a whole album about how they're selling drugs and it's great and they have all this money. And then sure. they'll have a song like Nightmares, you know, on Hell Hath, Hath No Fury, where they're talking about the paranoia of like, you know, what it feels like to be a drug dealer. And it's like, OK, right. yeah, like everything's great and wonderful, but there's also this negative side to it. And I feel mm -hmm. like 
Lucky Me is that for this album, right? And so you have a record like Imaginary Player where he's like talking down on everybody else and he's like, yeah, y'all ain't shit. I got all this money. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And then Lucky Me is like the other side of it where he's he's telling us like, you know, um, um, I got to watch out. People are going to sue me. Um, you know, there are women that are going to take advantage of me. There's this, there's that. There's family members that are trying to, you know, uh, you know, get this and that out of me. Every time I meet someone, I don't know if they really like me for me or if they're trying to get something from me. Like, right. and, and I feel like this is something that's kind of that flip side of the coin that we talked about. And that's why I love this song so much. Look, and I think it's another reason to love this album because that message that you're talking about, that's not something that you have to be a drug dealer or a star to relate to. Like right. anyone can relate to that. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. One little nugget here. And um, I picked this up from Genius. Okay. com, But basically, I think that uh, In My Life, Volume 1 is Lil Wayne's, uh, one of Lil Wayne's favorite albums. Mm -hmm. It's his favorite Jay-Z album, and this is his favorite song on the album. Hmm. Um, he actually has Lucky Me tattooed on his neck as a because of this song. Oh, uh, and maybe, yo, he has a verse of the song tattooed on his leg. I don't know which one, but yeah. So <laughs> this song really, really, really resonates with Lil Wayne, who's an artist that... Um, you and I both definitely respect, even if our Facebook following doesn't. Mm -hmm. um, but you and I definitely respect Lil Wayne. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a, that's something that's that's a little strange, man. We gonna have to get some of these 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 Wayne haters on on the on the podcast. We yeah, we definitely have some Wayne haters on the Facebook, and yeah. I and I don't get it. I don't get I don't it either, get right? It. Because like I've I don't think either of us have ever been Wayne's biggest fan, and I think I probably no. like him more than than you do, right? But but, but like look. I don't necessarily care for all of his music, but like mm -hmm. you'll never hear me say that like he's not like I, he's in my top 25. He's in mm. my solidly in my tier two, if not borderline tier one. Like yeah. the dude got bars. I think the only thing that I have against him is that like I'm not sure how much of his stuff that he wrote. And that that's always gonna be a knock. Mm. Right. But like assuming that he wrote everything, yeah. They're like, yo, <laughs> I think he wrote like, everything that got anybody cares about. If that's the case, then like, yeah, like the dude is nice. Like, do I yeah. care about his albums? Nah, but like, it was hella nice. Put on a beat, give him a hot sixteen. Like, yo, I'm I'm here for Wayne. And there was so. a period of time where he was one of the best rappers there yes. were. Period. Like, yes, and, a good period of time. <laughs> and I think that you know, we won't we this will not we will not continue talking about Wayne. But I think on the Jay Z episode is relevant because we talked about this when we talked about the Carter mm -hmm. that I think that he was actually trying to do his best Jay-Z definitely impression. definitely um you know when we talk about like Wayne being the best rapper alive at one time it was at the tail end of, <laughs> yeah. of that that S-Star Carter run from Jay-Z yep. and you know I feel like Lil Wayne had Jay-Z's co-sign and mm -hmm. Lil Wayne was definitely like bigging up Jay-Z too like yes you, you, there's a lot of like synergy there yeah so, there was like, actually a lot of rumors around the time that Jay was trying to steal Wayne from baby and that kind of <laughs> caused you know conflict between the, the two mm. camps because you know Wayne was obviously really blowing up and he was bigging up Jay every time he possibly could and Jay was course, bigging him up every time he could and it was it was like a weird bromance that everybody was like yo yeah. is he gonna go over to, to Rockefeller or what <laughs> <laughs> so back to back to Jay-Z's uh, album uh, right. what, what you got for your next highlight all right next highlight is who you with so you, so you, so always be my sunshine is not a highlight for you. So let me do this, right? Go ahead. Always be my sunshine is not a highlight for me. However, right. I do think that history really remembers this song like, like, like it's the worst song ever, 
And I don't think it's nearly as bad as people, including Jay-Z, talk about it. I love this song. Do you? Yes. Because I actually don't think it's a bad song, but I don't love it. Not only do I not think it's a bad song, uh -huh. I think it's a good song and it's a highlight for me. Look, okay, first of yeah, all, go for it. objectively speaking, uh -huh. this beat is good. Like, it's a dope song for the radio. Mm -hmm. Definitely. In my opinion. Um, I think that for, you got Babyface on the record mm -hmm. right now. Is it Babyface at his best? No, but you still have Babyface on the record. Right. Right. Like, that's a big name. Yeah. We saw from the verses with Teddy Riley, like, <laughs> Babyface is not to be fucked with. Yeah. Babyface is not someone who's going to waste his time. Right. He's on this record. Right. And I think that it's dope. I, I don't know. I think that in terms of commercial records, mm -hmm. the the commercial singles that he had on this, I think is the I actually think is the best one. Um, By far, Foxy Brown. Yeah, I think it is, and I think that Foxy Brown. Look, the more I go back and listen to Foxy Brown, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know why I ever found her attractive when I was a kid. I <laughs> Come I, I don't on, find man, her attractive. You, bro, bro, you always get on this podcast and be talking about how somebody's not attractive. Like, why do you do that? I know, I know, I know, I know. Why? Because I'm Yo, a problematic, I, I just want to tell y'all, I, 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 I can confirm that that Outlaw loves women, <laughs> that Outlaw dates women. <laughs> you be getting all this joint slandering. <laughs> look, 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 look. I think that, and generally speaking, I don't, I look, I used to think very fondly of, of Foxy Brown. Um, yeah, and I still too. think that she has a really good voice. Her mm -hmm. voice is fucking amazing. Yeah. Not now, because we talked about on the, um, yeah. on the when we did the summer recap. I don't think her voice has aged well. Yeah. Um, but like at the time, like her voice, between her voice and Lil Kim, she had my you know, favorite. I'm still gonna go with Foxy. She had my yeah. favorite voice. But in terms of just like you know lyrical talent, rapper talent, like the more I understand about it, like uh, it's kind of. I go back and listen to these records with Foxy Brown on them, and mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not really feeling them as much. Mm -hmm. um, and the the reason why I bring up the looks is because I think <laughs> that at the time I thought favorably of her because yeah. I found her attractive, right? Yeah, I also um, I, I felt the same way. I think I, I felt that she was the more attractive one between the two. Yeah, and I um, also preferred her as a rapper at the time. I was like a big Foxy fan. Um, and I was like, I was in the minority. Like, I feel like, you know, in yeah. as as a as a youngster, everybody loved Lil Kim. And so yeah. when I would be yeah. on this big, like, yo, Foxy's the greatest, um, or DeBrat is the greatest, <laughs> um, you know, I was always on the island Foxy by myself. DeBrat. I would go with DeBrat over over Lil Kim and Foxy, but um now just in terms of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know, I think that having her on here i think makes sense like yeah. he has no other choice i think it makes sense yeah um but i i don't know i don't know why people don't like this song so i think it's good so it's, i think that especially besides, if you're someone like jay-z who needs records on the radio uh -huh. this is not a bad record to have on the radio so besides the babyface uh feature what is it about this record that you like so much and i'm not trying to clown i'm just i'm just trying to talk about it more like okay first of all in terms of songs that need like dope lyrics like this mm. song doesn't need a dope lyric Not you just all. need something you need serviceable jay-z mm -hmm. he's more than serviceable you need a decent hook you need a good beat i fucking love this beat oh. i love this beat this is this is every i feel like this is look i know you don't like swiss beats uh -huh. i know you don't like them nevertheless swiss beats has i don't know in your opinion maybe three percent five percent of his catalog is like dope beats right mm -hmm. This is like a Swiss Beats that's in the dope, dope Swiss Beats, like before Swiss Beats became a thing. Like that's what mm. this beat is. And I fucks with it. D to me, 
you know, I, I wouldn't say this is like a Swiss Beats, dope Swiss Beats, but I would I would say that this is like dope Trackmasters. Like I was mm-hmm. actually surprised to see that Trackmasters didn't make this beat because I assumed that it, that they did. Um, and and I agree with you. <clears throat> I think it's I like, think it's oh, it's equal. Look, just from a, a an aesthetic point of view, mm-hmm. right? This song is mixed yeah. really really well. Oh, it sounds great. And for someone like you and I, like mm-hmm. we appreciate those things. For like sure. we sat on this podcast and waxed poetic about uh, Megan Thee Stallion's debut album because <laughs> it was mixed pristine. Yeah. Like this is a song. Yeah. This is one of the best mixed songs on this album. Oh, like, by far. It's just it's pristine. Like I, I don't know what. Like I don't know why people dislike this track. It's fire. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Yeah. I mean, I get why they don't like it, and I think one of the main reasons they don't like it. Is because Jay Z and Dame Dash don't like it, and so you know when Whatever. an artist gets on you know their platform and they down talk something in their catalog, I think people run with that. And so you know this particular song, and we've talked about it before on the podcast. Particularly, Dame has done multiple interviews saying that you know he felt like this song was Jay trying to do bad boy. And so um, particularly the video, it, they're very embarrassed by because uh, if you look, remember the video, they yeah. all had these bright colors on, they these yeah, bright colored no suits and things like that. And that's what hip hop was at the time. That's how big Puff Daddy was at the time, yeah. that that's what hip hop looked like. Yeah. So fuck it. And like, and like you said- You're not gonna hear me praise the video, but I'm not, I don't care about the video. I care about the song. And, and like you said, right? Um, the people we were listening to at the time were very larger than life. Their their visuals yeah. were larger than life. Their personalities were larger than life. And Jay-Z was not that. So, you know, right. when you're competing with Missy and Busta and you're trying to make a music video, Hypnotize came out the same year. Yeah. Um, you you got you better do something to get people's attention. So I, I I get what they were trying to do, but um it didn't feel authentic to them or their fans, and and I can understand why. But I agree. I think so, I think this is this is a song that history does not remember it properly. Look, all I have to say is that the most popular Led Zeppelin song of all time is Stairway to Heaven. It's not my favorite song. Mm. It's not even my favorite song on that album. Um, in fact, there's probably five other songs on that album that I love way more than Stairway to Heaven. That being said, Robert Plant, who wrote the song, fucking hates that song and hates <laughs> the performance. There it is. You know what I'm saying? So... Yeah. You know, do I think that he should hate the song? No, but like just because an artist hates their own shit doesn't mean it's it's not dope. Right. So it is what it is. Yep, yep. Okay. Yeah, so, so but go into to who you with. Next go one ahead. is who you with. It's yeah. Ski again. Um, I think this is the most kind of down the line Jay-Z record single that we have here. Yeah, um, and this is the Jay-Z that I knew because this was the big single that I recognized. Yeah. And I was like, oh, like was this, this a big was single? When I, yeah, because it came off of the, the Sprunk soundtrack, right? Oh, was that why he says that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know and that. And so, you know, that was a movie. This is at a time when the black movies all had soundtracks. Right. They all had singles. And the artist put their that single from that soundtrack on the album. Mm-hmm. But this had a video as well. And so, like I said, this song, more so than um, uh, You Belong to the City, uh, mm-hmm. was The City Is Mine. City is mine. This song felt more to me like Jay Z yeah. because of Ain't No Nigga. Yeah, this this felt like a follow up to Ain't No yeah, Nigga. So, exactly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's funny that you say that because Ain't No Nigga was a soundtrack record, and then this was a soundtrack record. Right. 
So, right. uh, so yeah, I mean, that's that's just it. It's it's it sounds great. Um, it's it's Jay in his bag. He's rapping well. It's misogynist Jay, and at the time, yes, Jay was super misogynistic. Right. And uh, yeah, it's just it's just it's just a great song. I don't have anything to add to that other than just like this beat is perfect for Jay Z. Yes. Again. Yeah. Like yeah, it's a dope instrumental on its own, but like. You know, look, there's other rappers that could have gone on this and done well, but I mean, like, this is so like this is this is this is a layup for right. Jay Z. Like, hearing this beat, it's like, oh, of course, I'm gonna rip this shit. Right, right. So, yeah. Um, next highlight. Next highlight is um, where I'm from. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, man, there's not enough good things that I can say about where I'm from. Uh, I love this track. Man, this, this, track is, so this is like one of my favorite Jay-Z songs. This beat yes. is amazing. Yes. This sample is amazing. Yes. Jay-Z rapping is amazing. What yes. this song is about is amazing. Yes. And, you know, the only thing I can, the only criticism I can give of this song is that it's not higher in the fucking track listing. Like, I think that's fair. <laughs> like, yeah. like, that's it. No, like, that's fair. Why is it at the end of the album? You're telling me where you're from. You're introducing your neighborhood. And you're like, don't ever fucking come here. Or I'll shoot you in the face. And I believe you. Put it at yes. track like two or three, please. Look, <laughs> you know one of the other things about this record that is a... And this is my own fault, right? Mm. Or not my own fault, but this is just a weird thing that like... I actually don't... For the longest time, I didn't associate this song mm. with this record. Mm. Because it was so hard. That the rest of this record didn't really feel like this. It kind of feels yeah. out of place. And I think yeah. that when we get into the low lights, I'm going to talk about sequencing. Mm -hmm. This album suffers from poor sequencing. Right. And I think that you hit the nail on the head that this yeah. uh, this song is not sequenced well enough. Um, and even in terms of like the promotion of this album, right. this song has a video, if I'm not mistaken. Yet oh, yeah. I still I still don't associate this record with this album and yeah. i think it it should have been and i think it suffers from that yeah. um i think that when people talk about this album they they think about city is mine they think yeah. about i know what girls is like you know be my sunshine million yeah. to one but like this song should just yeah. be more prominent i um, agree people forget yeah. that this song is on this album and i think this song is actually remembered as a as a classic j song yes and people forget that just don't even associate it with the album yeah, and look, I know that there's some going to be some people out here who are listening to this and they'll be like, what are you talking about? We all talk. That's fine. You're probably from Brooklyn, whatever. But I just want you to know that the rest of the audience, the rest of the listening world, there are large numbers of us who probably forget that this song is associated with this album. Back. And it's a travesty. And I think that the album actually suffers as a result of that. Yeah. But um, yeah, the this, this song is so dope. Yeah. So, so, so growing up, uh, Streets is Watching was my favorite. My, my like, the, the song that I... I may have listened to that song just on repeat just 10 times in a row the first time I ever heard it because it was it was that amazing to me. Yeah. But now when I go back, like where I'm from is the record that's like the longstanding record that I love from this album. Yeah. So um, should we get into the last highlight from the both of us? I'm assuming this is a highlight from you. It's definitely a highlight for me. It's not. So really? It's not for me. So I think yeah. so. Well, I'll just talk about this. So you mm -hmm. must love me. I think is a highlight for me just right. because of how vulnerable Jay-Z is. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, he's talking about some really rough shit on here. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's talking about selling crack to his mom, right? Right. Yeah, that's the first verse. He's talking about shooting his brother in the shoulder over mm -hmm. a ring. 
Like, this is someone who is owning up to all the fucked up shit he did and putting it on wax at a time where I'm not sure if artists really did that Mm -hmm. like this. I'm not sure if the cocky, arrogant, pimp, Mac, drug dealer motherfucker really, really put his shit on the table like this. And so, like, for me to hear that, it's just like, yo, this shit is dope. And, you know, I talked about sequencing being a negative. I think Mm -hmm. this song is actually aptly placed as the last song Mm -hmm. on the album. Um... Because I think that like it's such a downer, but like I think it's necessary. Yeah, I am really intrigued to hear why this is not a highlight for you. This, is this a low light? I wouldn't call it a low light. Okay. Um, I, the reason I wouldn't call it a either is because I think this song should be better. Um, That's I think fair. this has That's the fair. best subject matter on the album. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, and so you know, with that, I think um. The story of, about his mom, and it's, it's crazy because it's something that's so personal, so I, I, maybe I shouldn't be so critical of it. I think the story could be better. And I think it took me listening to it multiple times to understand that he was talking about selling his mother drugs. And I think that if Big told the same story, I would have vividly been able to see him selling his mother crack. Um, you know, fair. and I think, I think this, this song kind of shows me some of the some of the opportunities in Jay-Z's storytelling ability. Um, additionally, I actually think that this beat should have been better. Um, okay. I think that this, um, it's it's the OJs, right? It's an OJ sample? I actually, I'm not familiar, so I, I'll take it I believe, because I, I, this is, you know, you talk about us being young kids trying to make beats, like th- this is a beat that I, or a, a joint that I tried to sample. Um, I, I did not, so I'll take your yeah, word for it if uh, it is. But, you know, that sample is better than this beat is. And I feel like, okay. you know, I'm a big Nasheem Merrick's fan, so I'm, I'm surprised. Uh, but, you know, I feel like they stripped away a lot of what I like about the initial sample and like tried to add a bunch of instruments and I, I didn't end up liking the final production. I got you, I can see that. Yeah, I feel you about the Nasheem Merrick because, mm-hmm. you know, listening to this, um, I think that this is one of the records that you would think that like, Puff Daddy could come in and really clean this up and make it right. make it really great. Yet he has one of his producers on here, which yeah. I think is kind of surprising. That this maybe the song isn't better. Yeah. Um, for me, what I the reason why it's a highlight is again is because of that vulnerability, something mm-hmm. we really don't see from Jay Z all that often. Yeah. So for that, it is a highlight from me. Yeah. No. But I that agree. being said, I I'm not going to counter what you talk about. The musical aspects of this song mm-hmm. it probably could be better do and you I think, think had it been better do you think that the um, storytelling could have been better i don't i've never suffered from i've never not understood what the song is about mm. okay so i think the first verse is very just like in my opinion as as like it okay and what again I, what i will say is this okay. what i will say is this there are some stories right mm-hmm. that You'll, you'll listen to a song mm. and you're just kind of like person is rapping such and such and then they get into like eight or ten bars into it and they say something that really stands out. Right. And it gets your attention. Right. And it makes you go back and listen to the rest. Mm-hmm. Right. This is one of those songs like when yeah. he talks about like and I turned around and sold you crack that gets your attention and right. then you go back and listen to it and you're like oh, oh okay exactly. you're paying attention. Right. Whereas- that being said there are better stories where just right from the get-go yeah. they get you. Like this is why Jay-Z is not a very good storyteller. I think you as a as a stickler for stories, I'm surprised that you're not more critical of it because, you know, yeah. I think the the best stories, right? You 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 can you can hear it or see it, you feel it, you're there. 
Um, yeah. You know, and a lot of times it's it's details that that you know kind of bring you into it. You know, be it yeah. um, you know the the nothing to lose tattooed on his gun wounds. Um, yeah. You know, but, uh, but that whole story right from the outset, like you're you're paying attention. But like um, so. Andre, you know, uh, the art of storytelling. You know, like oh, yeah. when he's like yeah. like these are stories Any, where like anything uh, Ghostface Killer has any story <laughs> Ghostface Killer has ever told. Right. These are stories where I'm I think I'm there. Like I remember it. Yeah. Like like I like I was there. Right. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that Jay-Z has that level of storytelling here, even though this is this is something that he actually experienced. Um, and yeah. I think the fr the storytelling of Friend or Foe was actually much stronger than the storytelling of, of, of You Must Love Me. That is fair. Um, I'm not going to be as critical about his storytelling as you are, only because I think that for someone who I have, for an MC who is in my elite tier, that mm -hmm. means that there's... You know, he's in the tier amongst four other or three other MCs, right? Mm -hmm. No one else is fucking with him. Um, for someone to be in that tier, to be such a poor storyteller mm -hmm. as Jay-Z. I mean, he's easily the weakest storyteller right. between Andre 3000, Nas, and Biggie. Like, it's fucking laughable how bad he is at story <laughs> telling stories. That being said, this is one I think I think is one of his better stories. Mm -hmm. um, like, because we, we talked about that story on volume two, and that story was just fucking <laughs> that was the trash. Worst. That was horrible. Yeah. And it's you funny because so, some people like be like, oh, yeah, remember when he told it? And I'm like, no, that's not. No, nah, it's a bad story. It's a bad yeah. story. I don't think this is a bad story. Mm. I do. I think it could have been better. Mm. Sure. But nevertheless, like, I think that once you actually get into it and you listen to it and like, yeah. you, like, I feel what he's talking about here. So. Yeah. No, I definitely feel the subject yeah. matter. And and it's a perfect transition to lowlights. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, Nasheem Merrick on this beat, um, Puffy and the Hitman as yes. producers executive yes. producers whatever you want to call them really did not bring it here and for i agree for a group of people who gave us life after death the same yes. year yes. Th this is really poor and maybe and maybe they said oh this guy thinks he's big fuck him we're gonna sabotage him i don't know but but the, the production on here is not on that level see i don't think so i think that i think that because biggie was who he was they had to step their game up mm -hmm. right mm-hmm but we've talked about this when we discuss other bad boy projects. Yeah. That with the exception of Black Rob's, um, what's the name of his Life uh, story. album? With the exception of that, his other albums are not produced all that well. Like Mace's mm. Harlem World is not produced well. Locks's uh, album, Locks, or no, what's what, what is it? Uh, Money Power Respect, right? Which ha we talked about Harlem again. World you know, go is back better, and it's better produced than this. Fine, but like it's yeah. not great though. Yeah. It's not great. So, you know. But yeah, that's I agree with you. I agree with that's you. That's the low light of low lights to me is um is just, you know, the overarching, you know, production um and and sequencing. I'll let you talk about sequencing because that's a low light. Yeah, I think the sequencing is is really poor. Yeah. Um look, City is mine and I know what girls like. These are not great songs, but like you can still listen to them. Right. If I you're listening know. to this album, you can still listen. I'm City is mine is really bad to me. That's fine. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. But I think that where the album, like, look, the 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 good part of this album, we've kind of hit it at, right? Mm. You know, between um tracks four and nine in particular, mm -hmm. but then you can get even to real niggas, which I think is it's okay. A highlight enough for me. It's not a highlight, but I think it's a good song, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's where kind of like the crux of the album is. But right around where you get to, real niggas, face mm -hmm. off, rap game, 
it kind of like starts to kind of tail off at the end. Yeah. And I think more positively about these songs now than I did then. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, like I just think that like if you put a song like Where I'm From, like as track number two or track number three. Oh, man. It changes you know I mean? the like, way I, you even view the album. It does. Yeah. You know what I mean? And not only that, not only does the way, not only does it change how we listen to the album, but I think it, it would change the way that Jay-Z approached the album. And I think that that's going to bring me to my next low light mm. in the sense that I think he tried too hard to do mm. the popular thing. And, yeah. I th- and I understand that like, I understand the void that he was trying to fill. And mm. I understand that Jay-Z has always approached his from a business perspective. And I think that he was right to do so. Like taking everything into consideration, this was a successful album mm-hmm. because it led to volume two, was led to volume three and everything else. So like, that's <laughs> fine. So this is a, this album was a success. But in terms of like sophomore LPs, it could have been a classic. I think that had he tried, like because Reasonable Doubt has commercial songs on it, but like that's not necessarily a commercial album. And I think that by this point, Jay-Z was still a commercial enough figure that if he just has a couple commercial records on here, mm-hmm. right? So like Who You With, it's got the single, Always Be My Sunshine, fine. But then like the rest of the album is some real shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you you take songs like I Know What Girls Like and, and City Is Mine, you take these songs oh, off the record. Man. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I think that you, you really have something going here. So I think that, you mm-hmm. know, sequencing is poor. And yeah. I think that, um, I think that, the overall effort of what he tried to do, mm. you know, it's just not cohesive enough. And I think that yeah. the involvement of, of Puff Daddy and the Hitman is, is not good all around. Yeah. Um, so, so those are kind of my lowlights. There's a story that I read somewhere about the, the making of this album, right? Um, and this story, uh, I don't know if it's true. I don't know who told the story. I'll just retell it in my memory. Um, Supposedly, this story is about the last time Jay-Z and Big saw each other. Okay. Um, and supposedly at the time, it was just before um, Life After Death was going to come out. Okay. Or when they were working on Life After Death. Jay and Big are in the studio together. They're playing each other music from the albums that they're working on that would eventually become Life After Death and Volume 1. Right. At the time, uh, Big plays him hypnotized. He plays him, you're nobody till somebody kills you. <laughs> and like one other, like just amazing. Cla- I mean, that's a classic right. album, right? Everything on yeah. there is amazing. So the third song was another amazing song. Right. Um, And he goes to Jay, yo, you know what you got, right? <laughs> and Jay's whole confidence is just deflated, right? Because like he right. just played him like three, four, like amazing songs. Right. Jay only had one song completed for this album, but it was Streets is Watching. Yeah, and they said that Jay played Streets is watching for Big, and Big was like, "What?" And then he made him play it again. He played it again, and he was like, "Your album's gonna be like ten more of these." Yeah, like and like like Big had like mad respect for for Jay as a result of that, right? Streets is watching, and is, and is then watching, and then Jay leaves deflated, and then Big Big dies. So they didn't, right. they never, they never got to like work on another song or anything like that. So, I mean, maybe, you know, in, in Jay's mind, he's like, okay, big, obviously he's got these crazy records. He put his confidence in Puff and right. he made this amazing album. So now I'm going to put my confidence in Puff and Puff is going to make me 
this amazing album as well. Yeah. If that's the case, that's not what happened at all. Right. Right. So uh, that's actually a rather intriguing story. Um, I mean, look, if you're going to play this record from for if you're going to play a record for Biggie from this album, I mean, the two that I would play, obviously, Streets is watching is one and the other one would have been uh, where I'm from. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, that's that's pretty remarkable. <laughs> so, but yeah, should we get into the, the track for track lowlights? I mean, we've already discussed some of these. I mean, let's yeah. just get into City is Mine. This song is not the city good. is I, mine is to me. If, if you had to ask me what the five worst Jay-Z songs are, this is on my list. And the thing is, what makes this song so bad, right? If, if this was just a song that were on the album, fine, right? Fine. But like, no, this is one of the first singles. Yeah. There's a video for it. The video for it takes the concept from Usual Suspects, a very popular movie at the time, yeah. right? Because that's what they were doing. They were taking these gangster movies right. and they were simulating them into hip hop and songs into the music videos. Right. And this was like a big thing. Mm -hmm. And the theme of this song is talking about, oh, you know, Biggie, you're not here anymore. I'm going to take over for you. This song fucking like, <laughs> yo, blows, this shit is bro. not good. This I think it's like, and it's, it is horrible. And the crazy thing good. about it is, you know, Teddy Riley is like like a a you know Mount Rushmore level talent for me. He's up there with Terry Lewis and wow. Jimmy Jam. He's up there with Babyface. He's up there with okay. the to me the greatest producers of all time. If I had to give ten, Teddy Riley's up there for me. Wow. Okay. Teddy Riley played this song in his versus battle. Yeah. And that I, like I lost so much respect for him because I feel <laughs> like everybody knows this song sucks. Jay-Z will tell you this song sucks. It Dame suck. will tell you this song sucks. Literally suck. anybody will tell you this song is trash. Because it does Except suck. Teddy Riley. I don't well, get yeah. why he doesn't know this song is not good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> look, I don't need to talk more about this. It's just... Oh, oh, I think hold that, on. I, I, think, I, I think that one thing I will say is uh -huh. that this song kind of... Unfortunately, I think that this song kind of sets the tone for the yes, album. Yes, yes. And it sets the wrong tone for the album. <laughs> and one more, one more story that I read, and I don't remember where I read it, but I read this, that when Jay went to work on this album and he needed a single, somebody got Teddy Riley on the phone. Jay-Z got in his car and drove down to Virginia and did this song. So Jay-Z actually traveled to make this shitty ass song. Anyway, we can continue. I get it. Look, <laughs> this is one of those things where... Like, I think he had the commercial records on this project. He didn't need to do, like, he just didn't need to do this. Yeah, so, look, I the agree. next low light, I think, for a lot of people, which is not, it's is actually not a low light for me. Really? But it does not belong on the album. And that is, I know what girls like. I know people fucking hate this I song. Fucking I fucking hate this song. I do bro. not hate this song. Yeah, I don't hate this song. I hate it. But, it's, but it does not belong on the album. So, I think the reason why. I don't hate the song is because mm -hmm. Joe and I happened to vibe to the song a lot first year. I don't know why Ow. we just why? did. Um, I think that Jay-Z is actually decent on this, despite the fact that he's really fucking misogynistic. Uh -huh. But I think he's decent on here. The song is yeah. mixed horribly. Puff Daddy's feature is trash. Little Kim's feature is not any better. It's just trash. But like, I don't, I don't hate the song. You know, I don't hate, but 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 it, it is a low light for this album. For in sure. in the in the in the pantheon of of J Records, this sits actually squarely next to Justify My Thug to me. In okay. that, like, I feel like there's a there's a lane 
<laughs> and I feel like Nas called him out. What do he say? Some shit about like um, what you think you sexy now, nigga? Some shit like that, right? Like, like there's there's yeah. a, there's like a, a a lane of Jay Z's career where he tried to make a few records that he thought were sexy, and they're yeah. just not fucking good. That Justify My Thug that is, is one. It's a Madonna sample, and this shit yeah. is the same, and it's not good. I look. I'm not gonna defend the song. I'm just gonna say I don't. I don't hate it. I know yeah. other people hate this track. I don't hate it, but like it should not be on this album. Does yeah. it? Does it weigh the album down? Absolutely, it does. Yes, no doubt about it. No doubt about this it. This should be on like a Puff Daddy album. Yeah, for sure. This shit's sure. not good. <laughs> anyway, all right. So, so what um, other low lights do you have as far as songs are concerned? Because I don't have any other low lights. There's uh, some other songs that I think could be better. We can talk yeah. about that. Well, Let's we just talk about that because I don't think any any of the other ones that I, I would say suck. But there's definitely some tweaks we could make to other songs. So, Face Off is a song that I did not like at the time, and the mm -hmm. reason why I didn't like it at the time is because I was not familiar with the Manu Dabango Somakasa mm. sample, right? So now when I go back and listen to it, I'm like, oh yeah, Somakasa, Mama Say, Mama Sam, Mama Makusa. Right? And I'm like, oh, cool. Like, I'm vibing to this. And uh -huh. then I'm like, oh, wait. Now I'm actually listening to Sauce Money and Jay-Z go back and forth. Is Sauce <laughs> Money from Brooklyn? Yeah. He is? Okay. Because uh -huh. I understand, like, Sauce Money is, like, a, a big name for, like, hip-hop aficionados. But, mm -hmm. like, I don't really know what's... Does Sauce Money have a catalog? Like, I know um, he's a big writer. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he actually came up under Jay. So they both kind of were... They were doing that label with Ski called Rock a Block. And so okay. he's on a lot of J records because of that. Uh, he got signed. I want to say he was on Rockefeller, but he came out as he came out as an artist on on like a it was a joint deal. But uh, but anyway, um, he ended up falling out with Jay, and so that's uh, fair. Yeah, there it I, is. look, I think that in terms of making this album a classic, right? This mm. is one of the songs that I would probably remove. Um, I don't hate mm. it, but. It it doesn't really work with the with the tone that I want this album to have. Yeah. So this one is is getting removed. And if you want to mm -hmm. put Sauce Money elsewhere, maybe we can have another song for him. Yeah. Um. So the one th the one thing I would say about it is I, I agree with you that I don't hate it. Um. I I just think it should be better. And um. And when better. I heard when I heard the song, I I didn't like it. Um. At the time, but I but I later saw the video. And when mm. I saw the video, they had a video for this, yes. What videos does this album have? <laughs> Probably mad videos. Holy shit! Uh, but Go it's ahead. it's it's you know it's like most of the videos here. It's just you know kind of larger than life, and it's like it's Jay and Sauce Money trying to outdo each other, and okay. like you know Jay pulls up in a car, Sauce Money pulls up in another car. They race each other. They you know they play they playing dice like just just do outdoing each other the whole video. Um, yeah. What this told me is that this song and video was money ain't a thing before money ain't a thing right exactly. because that's exactly yeah. what happens in money ain't a thing yeah, except yeah, it's yeah, actually yeah, yeah. good so like yeah. in my make it a classic i would keep this song but i would have yeah. jermaine do pre-produce it okay like give me somebody I, that's who fine. makes that's fine that's fair yeah who gives it that energy that it needs because it, it the, the production just doesn't do it justice for what they're trying no to do. It, it doesn't and look i yeah. love manu de bongo right i love samukasa but like that's not the that's not the flavor or tone i want on this yeah and you know we talked about streets is watching how that's like a brilliant brilliantly ex executed use of the sample mm -hmm. that's not what this is mm -hmm. um this is kind of one of those songs where like i could just like ignore the lyrics half the time and just like bounce to like the samukasa vibe mm -hmm. but like 
They don't. That's me being married like together well. To this. No, they don't. They yeah. don't. They don't. Yeah. So okay, but I like that idea. Mm. Um, the next one for me, actually, I like real niggas. Mm. Um, the only thing I would do to this track is I put Scarface on it. Mm. I think that anytime you have too short, I automatically think of Scarface. Wow. Because like, I think that those two paired well together. Yeah. Um, because they paired well together historically, and I think that this is the type of beat that would have. Yeah, you know that the Scarface would would really shine on this. Now I'm not sure mm-hmm. what Jay Z's relationship like was like with Scarface, mm-hmm. and I think at the time Too Short was much more able to just yeah. be on everybody's shit right. than Scarface was. But I mean, if you had Scarface on this, yeah, whew, nah, this that's crazy. Be, I I, I yeah. can hear this is his a voice dope song. now. Yeah, I yeah. I don't love this song, but I don't hate it. Uh, I think Scarface on it would would give it a whole different element that yeah, would make me feel sure. differently about it. For yeah. sure, for sure. Um. Rap game, crap game. This is a song that, okay, I love the concept. Yeah, me too. Right? The concept needs to stay. Yeah. Needs to stay. Um, in fact, you could even take out rap game, crap game and just call it like game and then mm. keep the other rap game, crap game elements in the song. Right. I just, just give me a better beat. Give right. me a better execution of the song. Like the theme needs to stay. And this yeah. is one of the tracks where we talked about this at the outset onset of the of the of the episode where mm-hmm. it was like one of the highlights of DJ Premier. This is a song that I think needs DJ Premier. I said the exact same thing, bro. We on the same page. I said we the on the exact same, same thing. I mean it like even the the cuts on on the hook, the whole nine, yes. it's like this yes. is a primo if Primo redid this beat, I would love this song. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So boom. Uh there you go right from there. Yeah. Uh you know, where I'm from, I think that this is a song that needs to go at the the you know bump this up yep. in the album. Yep. Either either track two or track number three. Yeah. Um and then I think that Wishing on a Star, the track message remix is is mm-hmm. is a bonus track, but I actually think that if you could have put this on the album, I would have put Wishing on the Star on the album. Maybe. I don't even remember this song. That's fair. Uh, basically, they it? just take the wishing, the wishing on a star song mm-hmm. that you know, mm-hmm. and then the, you know Jay Z just comes over top of that. Is it but good? I think that I think it's decent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's decent enough. I I just think that you need another another song that I think is is commercially viable. Yeah. It is not City Is Mine. This is not I Know What Girls Like. Right. Um, just something bigger because here's the deal, right? I think in terms of albums that I prefer to go back and listen to and just sit with, uh-huh. right? We gave a tribute to Jay-Z's volume two. Right. But real talk, listen to that album, like I just <laughs> need the hits. I don't need that whole album. And I understand it was a tribute because it's, I think to this day, it is his highest selling album. Right. Right. And so when, when that meant something, not with the fucking streams, but when that, right. I mean, that shit was like four times platinum at the time. And that's, right. that's big. Right. Right. And I think that, you know, you have a song on there, um, It's a Hard Knock Life, that is a dope song. It's a song for the streets that's mm-hmm. also commercially viable. Right. If you could give me something like that, and it doesn't have to be as big as It's a Hard Knock Life. It doesn't yeah. have to be that. But something like that that's hard, but also still for the streets, mm-hmm. and you give me like that as a single, yeah. and you put this on here, I think that people talk about, and you make the other changes that we made, and uh-huh. you might have some other ones, but that's yeah. pretty much it for me. You yeah. make those other changes, and I think that people speak about this album in an entirely different light. What else you Fair. got? I, I pretty much agree with you. Where, where, like, I don't think that you need that much. Be- much. Yeah. Um, I've yeah. got, um, I've got, you know, pretty much everything else that you said. The one thing that you didn't say is I have 
You Must Love Me, produced by RZA. Okay. okay. So I, I have I mean, RZA look, making look, that. You beat. never gonna have to convince me that. <laughs> we'll put RZA on it on the joint. I'm with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I have RZA doing that. I also felt as though the beat to um to Real Niggas could have been better. That's fine. Um, and and I, I said okay. I think the problem with Real Niggas is that it's not it's not mixed well. It's not mixed well. It's not equalized well. But I think that the foundations of that beat are yeah. are there. I um, had um yeah. I had either Buck Wild or Nasheem Merrick doing that beat instead. Okay, well, um, hopefully he does better than what he does. Like yeah, he lovely. agreed, agreed. Because I, yeah. I didn't like him there. Yeah. But anyway. So, so yeah. So do you have any other additions? Nah, man. Again, like you said, I mean, I think we kind of we kind of made it a classic as we spoke about it. But um, but there, I mean, there's a lot of really good stuff here, and there is, um, there is. and it's 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 more about like like sequencing would go a long way yes, on this yes. on this album um yes. and get you almost almost to the goal line like just yeah. sequencing what we have here yeah because i mean you start out so strong with the premiere and mm-hmm. then you go into city is mine and then i know what girls like and so it's just like yeah you know i i love imaginary imaginary player but mm-hmm. imaginary player is not a song strong enough to like redirect yeah. the tone of the album yeah so it, it's not until we get into like Streets is watching Friend or Foe that we just start to be like, oh, okay, yeah. this is the tone of the album. And those two songs mm-hmm. sequence where they are so prominently. Yeah. Man, like. If, if I have woo. to skip track two and track three of your album back then, then I, yes. I, I you, you set a tone psychologically for me that I know I'm just going to skip through this shit, find a few songs I like and keep it moving. Yeah. I mean, look, like, let's talk about sophomore albums. Right. Let's talk about the few that I mentioned. Right. Life after death. You've got um. Oh, what is it? The uh, uh, is Jason with his back to me talking to his faculty. <laughs> uh, what, uh, what's it called? Uh, the track number two. Uh, the, basically, the first song that we have on Life After Death. Uh-huh. The first story. I'm sitting in my crib dreaming. Oh, I jets and coops. Yeah. Uh, I forget what that song is. I forget the name of the song. Yeah. Um, but whatever, you guys know the song. Uh-huh. It goes from that to hypnotize to kick in the door. Like, that's the tone right there. Right. You know what I mean? Wu-Tang Forever goes from reunited to to for heaven's sake to um ca- uh, cash rules everything around me too, right? Like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like scary, scary hours. Like, that's the tone of the album. Right. Like this city is mine. I know what girls like. Really, Jay-Z? Really? <laughs> when you have records like Streets is Watching, yeah. Friend of Foe, Real Niggas, which might have some flaws on it, fine. You Must Love Me and Where I'm From. You have these records on your album and right. they're at the fucking tail end. Like, yeah. no, put that shit front and center. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> well, I'm glad we thing. did this. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad we did this. I think this is a good album. Thank you for Joe for making me listen to this hour <laughs> upon hour I hope that he appreciates this episode and all the all the Brooklynites out there. I hope that you appreciate this because I think that sometimes when we do these make it a classic, we really shit on the record. Yeah. But I think this is one of the ones that you and I are speaking highly of. So. Agreed. And I think for folks that want something to take away, the point to take away here is go back and listen to this album. You're yes. probably going to realize that maybe this was a little bit better than you thought. Look, just to piggyback off of that real quick. I remember one time um, I had to take a road trip to and from New York with a person from Brooklyn who mm-hmm. loves Biggie, loves Jay-Z, loves Jay-Z. And we were talking about albums and he was like, yo, volume one is trash. And I was like, really? Let's listen to this. So it was a long drive. And he uh-huh. was listening back and he was like, all right, there's some songs on here that I hate, <laughs> but you're right. Yeah. There's some dope shit on here. Yeah. Maybe I wasn't, 
Maybe I've maybe I've been too unkind to this album. Uh-huh. This this shit is it's got some good. good That's stuff actually a good point. I, I I didn't think about that before, and I'm making this episode way longer than it needs to be. So sorry, but we both feel a way about this album. Um. A lot of albums that I think are this good in terms of the the quality of stuff that's here, I wouldn't say that they they have albums that I feel this passionately about how much I dislike them. So like yeah. like we talked about it was written. I don't hate yeah. the songs I don't like on it was written. I just don't like them that right. much. Um, right. I hate a, the city is mine, and yeah, I hate yeah. I know what girls like. Like I feel passionately enough about those re- those records that it it could make me feel a way about the rest of the album if you know if that's how I, I rolled with it. So yeah, something okay. to think about. All right. So I think that should wrap it up. Um, we're going to have a couple of uh, tributes to maybe make it a classics on the way. I think we're going to yeah, talk yeah. about some corrupt albums, dog, pound, yeah. dog food, right? Yes. Sir. Um, we've also got, uh, we might talk about the, the, the dynasty rock, La familia. Yeah. I definitely want to talk about Stan Conio's outcast. I'm not sure if we're going to do, <laughs> Or outcast and Cunha. I'm not sure if we're gonna do a make a classic or a put you up for that. Mm. I would do a tribute, but apparently according to Yinka, it's not worthy <laughs> of a tribute. So we'll see. But we got some stuff in the works. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Please stay tuned. Keep it locked. Uh, subscribe. Share it with people and all that positive stuff. Peace. Alright, y'all. Peace. If I shoot you, I'm brainless. But if you shoot me, then you're famous. What's a nigga to do when the streets is watching? Blocks keep clocking, waiting for you to break. Make your first mistake, can't ignore it. That's the fastest way to get extorted. But my time is money, and 25, I can't afford it. Beef assorted like a diver. Chocolate as you bought it. I pull a slide back and cock it. Plan to board it. You and your mans get a pass. This rhyme, you're operating on time. Y'all niggas ain't worth my shells. All y'all niggas trying to do is hurt myself. Stop trips to John McNeil. The type to start a beef then running the cops. When I see you in the street, got one in the drop. When I'd rather be on tour getting a hundred a pop. I'm taking pictures with some front of the drop. The streets is watching. Blocks keep clocking. Waiting for you to break. Make your first mistake. Can't